in the middle. And what a finish that is. Mason Mounts. That is extraordinary from Fikayo Tomori. This is Callum Hunter. And oh, and there it is. His first goal. For Chelsea, the teenager, a moment he will remember. All right, guys. Welcome to Chelsea Spot Podcast. This is the first episode. I'm Dan, and today I've got with me Orlando. Hello. And I've also got Danny. Hi. Alright guys, so hopefully quarantine is treating you all well. Um, and basically today in the first episode we're going to be talking about the transfer rumours uh, that have been going around well, all over sort of Twitter and Sky Sports everywhere recently. Uh, not really much else to talk about with no action going on on the pitch. Uh, so we're going to start off with some of our transfer rumours, what we think the priorities are, who we'd like to sign. And then that'll be part one. And then later on in the episode, we'll have a part two, which is going to be a little quick fire, a little fun round, uh, get these guys' opinions on a few questions um, that people want answered. So, yeah, uh, on to part one. Okay, so transfer rumours. Um, obviously, there's a few positions you know that we're being linked with and loads of different players. Uh, what do you guys think in terms of our priority? What kind of position do you think we need to, to sign? Well, I think... There's a very clear gaping hole in our squad in the left-back position. I think mm. everybody really knows that. Marcus Alonso is, is quality at left wing-back, but as soon as it goes to a full-back, he, he, he's poor positionally. He's not very good at defending, and Emerson just is quite useless, to be honest. So um, that's my opinion anyway. So we've been linked with, with Chilwell and Tellez. Uh, those are the two the two most obvious links I think um, buzzing around Sky Sports you know all the all the big media sources um, and then there have also been some smaller links like uh, Matt Target at Aston Villa and perhaps even Alexandro at Juventus yeah I mean we were linked to Alexandro I remember about two years ago now uh, from Juventus there's like proper heavy links we're going to sign him for about 35-40 million um, this is before we signed Emerson or anything like that. I think that was a while ago. It was when, was, when yeah, Antonio was Conte, Conte was around. Yeah. Yeah, it was Conte. So we've been linked with him in in the past, um, and obviously there's a few of us. I mean, Danny, who do you reckon would be the ideal option for our left back spot? Um, well, obviously I know um, there's been rumours that Tellers is interested in going to PSG potentially, um, which would be a shame because I think he is unreal. Uh, I think he's got 13 league goal and assists this season. Obviously, it's in a league NOS, so it's not technically a great standard, but still very impressive. If we can't get him, I would 100% go for Tagliafico ahead of Ben Chilwell. Um, for me, at 27, he's experienced. He's a class creator and defensively sound. Uh, and it also means he, we get three good years from him before... Uh, Ian Matson in the academy turns 21, and then maybe he can pass pass the torch on to him. So it's not blocking the young talent, and it's a quality uh, stopgap at least for a couple of years. Yeah, I think yeah, Alex Tellers is probably the highest quality player. That I, we're think, linked with. I think I think I just like to pick up on what you said about the goals and assists in the league. I'd, we've got Marcus Alonso in our squad, you know, like unless we sell him, he is probably the the best goal-scoring defender in the world, maybe apart from Sergio Ramos or someone. So I think that's not exactly what we need. What we need is someone who's solid in defence, someone who can, who knows where his position is, someone who 
he can string a few passes together, unlike some of our left backs uh, yeah, seem yeah. to yeah. be able to do. So, and I think that man is Ben Chilwell. You know, he's he's young. He every all our players know him. They, we don't have to build. There's no language barrier. I think he just seems the perfect sign. I know cost might be a bit of a, a thing that Chelsea aren't so keen on him, but you know. We've got money from Morata, we've got money from Hazard. I don't think the money, the finances involved in the deal should be something that we're worried about as fans. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Chilwell obviously has Premier League experience, which is a a benefit over Tellers. And also he's got about five, six years, you know, in him as well, longer. He's a younger, much younger player. Um, I really rate Chilwell. Uh, he'd be my, he would be my second choice though behind Tellers. I just think Tellers has got that bit more, you know, Champions League experience. I know Chilwell will probably be playing in the Champions League next season, even if it is with Leicester. Um, but Tellers, like we said, the, the Portuguese league isn't as high quality as the Premier League, but he does do it in the Champions League as well. Porto don't necessarily get far in the competition as a team. Um, but every time I've seen him play, he has been pretty good in, in the Champions League, which is the highest level. So I think he's probably the highest quality option at left-back. Um, but yeah, it looks like he might be on his way to PSG. Um in which case, uh, I'd probably say Ben Chilwell would be a, probably the next best option, if I'm honest. Um, other links, well, not necessarily links, but guys that we have mentioned that we'd probably like. Um, it's a shame, really, that Ola Aina is not on our books anymore. Because uh, he, for the last two years at Torino, has been excellent. Um, and he can play both on the right and the left. Uh, I, I remember think... in pre-season, his long throws, he was bulleting them into the box onto Conte. Um, and he's rapid. He's just a really, really good wing back. Um, so I think he would have been a great option. Uh, but unfortunately, obviously, it doesn't look like it's going to happen for him at Chelsea. Yeah, I think I just think he's such. He may not be the right caliber to start every game for us in the Premier League and Champions League. But I think he is such a good squad player because he can know, you know, he can play either full back, either wing back. He can even play on the wing. He's such a versatile player and he's yeah. very, very reliable. And obviously, as you said, he's got the long throws. And I just, I think it's such a, so, so sad that, that we let him go. But I don't know, we may have a buyback clause on him. I'm not sure. I haven't seen that reported, but I'd be very surprised if we let him go that easily without any buyback clause. So I hope that's something that Frank and his team are looking at. Well, if you're talking about versatility as well, um, Guerrero at... Dortmund. He's played everywhere. Like he's played in the centre, he's played on the wing, he's played at fullback, wing back, and he has been given. Uh, he's got a lot of talent around him. He has been excellent this season. Um, I've got down here that he's got 3.1 tackles and interceptions a game, which is pretty decent. And the modern fullback is made, meant to be bombing up and down that wing like uh, Robbo and Trent at Liverpool, and I, I rate him highly as well. Yeah, I've seen Guerrero play a few times, and he's got a proper engine. Like he, mm. he's up and down that left flank, he hooks the byline and gets up and down there like the whole game. He, he doesn't run out of gas. He's a bit like you know, he's got that Kante engine in him. Uh, yeah. So he he's definitely a good option. I mean, someone else we haven't mentioned, and we're talking about versatility is um, David Alaba from Bayern because yeah, um, that'd be good. He'd be class at left back, possibly even centre back, probably in the back three. Well, I was at I was at. The, the game when we when we lost lost three 0 to Bayern at the bridge and he was bossing the game from centre back really his his passing is I didn't I ha, I, didn't, I hadn't watched him live before I hadn't really watched him on the TV much either but 
his passing really stood out to me. Like he was pinging it all across the pitch. Him and Thiago were really running the game. So I was really, really impressed by him, and I think that'd be a fantastic signing. Yeah, I've been impressed with him every time. I've, every, every single time I've seen him play, and I think he's still only maybe 26, 27. Um, similar age to Tellez, and then like, he's only he's in his prime basically, or just coming up to his prime, mm. and he seems to just keep getting better. Um, I say left back, centre back, back three. For Austria, he plays in midfield. So if it came to it, crisis, you know, injury crisis, took him centre mid, he'd probably do a job. Um, so he would be great. I mean, some targets we've been linked with who probably aren't going to be ones that too many would be looking at uh, probably the likes of Matt Target from Villa uh, he's only been there since the start of the season after signing from Southampton and they're sitting I think it's 19th or 18th in the Premier League um, probably a few players at Villa I'd rather have over him but we have been linked so it's worth mentioning his name he seems like a decent left back but I think at the end of the day we are Chelsea and um, he's a good mid-table Premier League player and, but I don't think we should probably be looking at him uh, if we're honest um, so yeah just as a last point of left back then guys just in one word who if you can, if we're going to sign one left back uh, who would you two like I'm going to go ahead and say Teles for myself Orlando what about you I would say Guerrero if possible but I'm just amazed that no one's been linked with him so uh, like, we haven't been linked with him so out of the ones that we have been linked with I'll say Chilwell yeah and Danny uh, for me Chilwell's got that uh, English premium with him his phones fell off a cliff after Christmas. I remember Mara's tore him a new on it. Yeah, Mara's uh, But uh, I would definitely go Tellers. And like I so say, Guerrero is amazing as well if we can't get Tellers. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, so, yeah, I think Alex Tellers and Chilwell, they're all the, the heavy links. So, yeah, let's move on then to another position which has been a bit of a crisis really this season. So, we saw um, sort of midway through the season after the Christmas period, um, Frank Lampard actually dropped Kepa. Uh, and put Willy Caballero in there for a string of about five or six games. I mean, just before the uh, coronavirus stuff kicked off, Kepa did come back in for, I think it was two games uh, against Liverpool yeah. and then Everton. Obviously, he um, played well in them too and we won both. But he's been in a position where we, there's been questions asked basically this season and, and last season at times. He seems to have, you know, chocolate wrists, some will say. Um, his save percentage, I think we mentioned, was about 55% at one point, mm. um, which compared to Alisson, who sits at about 80%, is basically not good enough um, so we've been linked to loads and loads of goalkeepers um, the big ones are Andre Nana from Ajax who posted a pretty questionable Instagram story the other day where it seemed to be saying bye to the Ajax fans not sure what it quite means but yeah uh, I mean Nick Pope as well is heavily linked so uh, I mean Danny what, what's your thoughts on the goalkeeper position? Well from a footballing point of view he is not good enough but we also have to think financially, and given he's our record signing, what was it, about £72 million Yeah, we spent on him more than Alisson, which is seems so stupid in hindsight. And Edison. And Edison, yeah. Um, but his value has absolutely plummeted, and if we sold him now, it would be a, like a horrific, horrific loss. So if we bought in some competition to push him and maybe get one season of decent quality... Hopefully that puts him in the shop market at a slightly higher value. We don't have to sell him for twenty million, which would be horrendous. Because realistically, not many people, not many big clubs can afford to spend so much money on on a keeper, and none of them are going to be interested in uh, Kepper in his current form. So I'd be looking at bringing in um, a better number two than Willie, uh, and for me, could be Ben Foster. Um, 
I know 35, he's not great with his feet, but shot stopping is superb. Like I remember we played them in November and he nearly headed in an equaliser yeah, at the scored, end. Yeah. But he was insane. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> it was insane all game. So he's maybe one to look at just for for a couple of seasons. Uh yeah. I, I mean, I think Ben Foster would be an absolutely great backup uh, mm. option, regardless of whether we have Kepra as the first choice or not. I would absolutely take Ben Foster. Brings experience. He seems class off the pitch as well, from everything I've great seen um, in the media and from stories from players and all that. He actually seems to be really well liked and a really good professional, funny guy in the dressing room and all that. So I'd absolutely love him as a backup, regardless. Um, now, I do take your point that the fact that if we sold Kepa now, who would even buy him? And if we could sell it, it would be 20, 30 million. You know, we're losing 50 mm. million. Um, but I think the links to Andre Nana are pretty hot. I mean, apparently the price Ajax are looking at is only about 30, 35 million. And to mm. be honest, he's been one of the best goalkeepers in world football for the That's last insane, 18 months or so. So yeah, I mean, Orlando, I know you're a fan of Onana. Yeah, I'm a big fan. And I just want to go back to what you're saying about Ben Foster. I think he's a fantastic keeper, fantastic shot stopper. But I just wonder that if we brought him in as a primarily as a number two to Kepa and maybe kind of pushing a bit more competition than Willie is, I just don't know if there's that much in it for him. Where's his motivation? 35 years old, you know, coming to Chelsea, big pay rise, where he doesn't, to me, it wouldn't seem like he would have that much motivation to really push on and make that number one spot his. So that's why I think we should look at bringing in someone like Onana who I think remember I remember reading in an interview with him that he he did say that he 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 would in fact he prefers having competition in in a club with keeper rather than just being a number a number one with a, a kind of veteran number two or something like that and I I think he would be perfect because you know 30 million that is a bargain he's been one of the best yeah. keepers in Europe and I think if he comes in, he's competition for Kepa. I think everybody knows that he's quite a bit better, to be honest. But um, I, I think that would be perfect. And maybe, as you said, Danny, we could, Frank could push Kepa into, into the shop window, give him a few displays in the limelight, and hopefully that makes his, his, his value go up a bit and we can get a, a suitable price. Yeah, I think that's that's probably a good shout because then we'd have, I mean, Kepa become a little bit of a laughing stock. But if we had Onana as a first choice, I mean, Kepa is a back, that's a 70 million backup goalkeeper we've got there. As a backup, you probably don't get that many better. Um, so if he's a backup, plays a few games here and there, can get himself in the limelight. Yeah, maybe in a year's time we could move him on. Uh, and then as third choice next season, possibly have Nathan Bax to come back from loan, or there's obviously Jamie Cumming, um, or whoever like that, who can just because they're not going to get a game anyway, really, the third choice. So just to be in that first team squad. Um, another name that we linked to, who I'm a massive fan of, um, is Dean Henderson. Um, now that one's going to be difficult because he's obviously at Sheffield United, but he's probably played the last game for them if the season is going to come to an end. Uh, he's obviously on loan from Manchester United. Um, they'd probably see him as the long-term De Gea replacement because De Gea is he's nowhere near finished. He's only about 31, 32. Um, but they, you know, he's an English guy, 22, 23-year-old goalkeeper, uh, which is ridiculously young for a goalie, especially one of his quality. I'd almost argue he's been the best goalie in this league this season, um, maybe just behind Alisson. Um, so I'd be you know, delighted if we could get him in, uh, but it's pretty difficult. Another name we've been linked to as well is Manuel Neuer. 
who seems to be stalling on a new contract at Bayern. Uh, so I don't know your guys' thoughts on that. I think that would be fantastic. I think really, oh, I've just said how much I'd love on Nana, but I, I'm going to go back on that and I'd say Neuer would be my ideal choice because I really think that he, maybe he's not anymore, but he definitely for a long time was undisputedly the world's best goalie. And he's still probably up there, top 10 sort of range. And he's he's amazing with his feet. You know, he was an innovator in in the sweeper-keeper mould. Yeah, he um, is the sweeper-keeper, isn't he? He is, he is the sweeper-keeper. He he's the first one. Or maybe not yeah. the first one, but one of the first then. Yeah. And I mean, he, he kind of took the torch from Cassias to being the best goal in the world around That's right, yeah. 20, 2012, 13, 14 region. That was everyone's opinion was Neuer's the best goal in the world, even though, obviously, we saw him play against us in the Champions League final. Um, and, you know, he didn't make any mistakes, but got a hand to the drop header and it went in. Uh, and then, obviously, we won the penalty shootout, check out performed in there. But, I mean, he, for a period of about five years, was the undisputed best goal in the world. And, yes, he is about 33 now. Um, yeah. But that's, you know, goalkeepers can play at the top till about 36, 37 a lot of the time. So, even if he's just here for two years, um, then maybe eventually becomes a backup or eventually just moves on on a free. Then, yeah. Um, so, we'll move on to the centre-back position now. Um Obviously, we've conceded a lot of goals this season. Um, you could argue that the source is elsewhere. You could say central midfield, defensive midfield, or you could say centre-back, right-back, left-back, goalkeeper. It's probably a combination of the lot. But we have been linked to loads and loads and loads of centre-backs. Um, there's one strongly linked with uh, the LOC Leo centre-back, Gabriel, uh, from Brazil. Saw him play against us in the Champions League uh, group stage games uh, where no one really noticed him, but that's probably a good thing as a centre-back. means he didn't do anything wrong. It was fairly, fair, they were fairly solid. We didn't beat them, um, but they were fairly hard to break down from what I remember, Lille. Um, so, yeah, there's, his name's been mentioned a lot, but he made on his way to Everton. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Danny, in terms of centre-backs, what would you be? Yeah, for, for me, we've got three very competent centre-backs backs at the moment in Tamori Christensen and Zuma uh, not a really good biggest fan uh, I think the season he has been poor for me with those three we should only be buying another centre back if they are world class and they will improve us and for me Upa Meccano is only 21 if we're going to buy any centre back it should be him um, I remember watching him versus Spurs in the Champions League and he just covered everything He's on 4.5 tackles and interceptions a game. He's big and he's strong and he's fast. Um, he whips in a good long ball as well. And for me, he'd be a great addition to the team. I wouldn't be too keen on Gabriel because I think he's about the level of Zuma. <clears throat> and he's, what, 30, 35 million. So I think we should only be buying a centre-back if they're going straight into the starting lineup for me. Well, I think the reason, one of the big reasons that we've been linked with Gabriel and, among others, Nathan Ake and Samuel and Tutti, something in common with all of those is that they, they are left-footed and they play primarily on the left side of defence, of centre-back. So I think it's very clear, or at least according to the, the links in the media, that Frank Lampard and Jody Morris want a, a, a proper left-sided uh, centre back to 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 
bolster the squad. And although Tamori is is basically, he doesn't have a weak foot. He is uh, primarily a right-sided defender, and so are all the other three. So I think that um, if I were to choose a left-sided defender uh, to bring in, he, I don't think we I've seen actual any actual links with him. But we've already spoken about one Aston Villa player earlier. And I think if we were to bring in a centre-back, my choice would be Tyrone Mings. I think he is fantastic. He's 26 years old. He's, he's, played, he's just recently made his debut for England. He's, he's basically the captain of Aston Villa. The real captain is Jack Grealish, but Jack Grealish just does his talking uh, with the football. But Tyrone Mings is a leader. He is a proper leader. And that's something that I really think we, we miss at the back. He's screaming at his players. You know, he, he's got a great left foot. He can he can really, really switch the play easily. I just think he's exactly what we've been missing. Um, and he can also play left back, which is a, a big bonus. Yeah, I really like Tyrone Mings. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I, I mean, if, we're gonna, if we need a left-sided centre-back, you know, a left foot, if that's what they want, I probably would say go for him as well. The price would be big, but if Villa... You know, don't know financially in this situation they might be wanting to sell a couple of players to get a bit of money. Um, and, but timing should be amazing. And obviously his dad is a scout at Chelsea, so that's right. Yeah, that's so you know um, that's helpful. But um, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it. I think to be honest, I don't think we need a centre back. Uh, I know our defence has not been very good this season. I don't think it's actually an absolute priority position over some of us. I think, like uh, Danny said earlier, I think Zuma, Tamori, and Christensen are three of the better centre-backs in the Premier League. Uh, Rudiger is a decent leader, but obviously he's a bit bit useless on the pitch. But then those three um, are are class. And then you've got to think the likes of maybe Ethan Ampadu coming back from loan, pretty versatile player. Um, mm. I, I personally prefer him in, in a defensive midfield position, but he can always be a backup centre-back if needed. Um, I, I don't think we're absolutely desperate for one. Uh, I personally would just play Tamori and Zuma as my partnership uh, from the majority of games uh, and then focus more on maybe, uh, like we said earlier a new left back in that back back line rather than actually having a centre back new um, but yeah I don't, I, know, I don't know if anyone's seen but uh, the Chelsea YouTube channel have been posting like monthly recaps of oh, all yeah. of the games yeah so you've seen that so I've been watching them I was just watching them early today in fact and something I saw like the majority of goals we've conceded have been crosses and we just our centre-backs are so bad in the air and it's weird because I think Tamori on his own is actually very good in the air but for some reason he just when paired with any of the others he, he just crumbles at Zuma I do really like the guy I think he's a beast but it's a bit of a misconception that he's good in the air I think he wins aerial duels. He, I think he has one of the highest percentage of aerial duels won in, in the Premier League. But what the important ones, when the ball's going in and there's a striker right there, he always seems to miss the ball. Might be his and positioning. Yeah. Maybe his positioning, you're right. Um, and uh, one that springs to mind is when Richarlison <laughs> scored the header. Uh, that wasn't Zoom, actually. That was Tamori and Christensen. But Richarlison scored the header against us, Everton away, in, in December. Um, and he, he just got between Tamori and Christensen. And it was just like they're defending like, like 11-year-olds. It, it was so 
so so simple that he he was just there and where was the marking so I think whether that's we need to bring in someone or whether we just need to work on that on the training pitch but I think that is definitely a matter of concern and something that should be looked at yeah you know what I think is a big thing in that is that Kepa I know I go in on him a lot but Mm. He cannot organise that defence at all. They have no confidence that he's going to come out and claim the ball. That'll be in the back of their mind. And I think he's just, he doesn't, he lacks any kind of command of the area that we once had with Pesacek and even Courtois. I think that links him with the problem because we have conceded an insane number of crosses, which is ironic because at the other end, all our crosses are absolutely useless. So, yeah, definitely needs addressing. I think you're right on that about Kepa. He, uh, don't remember the last time yeah. I saw him come out and catch the ball from across. Yeah, he doesn't come out. The, the, the one that stands um, stands out in my mind, um, there was against Man United, I can't remember if it was the league game or the cup game, I believe it was in the league, um, and Aaron Wan-Bissaka whipped in across and Anthony Martial scored a header oh. against us. I was at that uh, game, yeah. You were at the game. I believe yeah. it was Christensen who got beaten in the air. I mean, the partner at the time may have been, it was either Rudiger or Zuma, I think. Um, it was Rudiger. It was Rudiger. Rudiger, who was just nowhere near him now. Part of that fault's on Rudiger for not being anywhere there. Most of the fault's on Christensen because it was his man and Martial is not. Didn't he just break his nose? Though? I swear yeah, he just I broke his nose. I think he was yeah. wearing a match. He had just had an elbow in the nose. and actually He was out his The days. goal, I think, was scored about a minute before half-time. And then after half-time, he didn't come back out and Zuma replaced him. Um, Fair enough. I mean, again, Kepper, another, Kepper probably could have come out and claimed that. Definitely. Yeah, the six-yard box. So. Another one which stands out for me... It, was were against Aston Villa at home. Trezeguet scored. Oh yeah, back post. Accidentally, mm. it, was, it wasn't a very good goal. Got off his knee when he had it against his knee or something. Hit him, but yeah. the ball sailed over one of. I can't remember who the centre backs were. Sailed over one of the centre backs' heads, and Trezeguet was just in between the two centre backs. That's happened so many times. Another one that just came to my head was, uh, I think it was Carlos Soler at Valencia away. Scored yes. almost the identical goal. The volley- these aren't target men that are scoring these headers. These are wingers. Yeah, Martial, Soler. Yeah, between the two yeah. centre backs and scoring a volley, not even a header. Yeah, so I think that's potentially coaching. Potentially, like I say, I think I agree with Danny. If we're going to sign a centre back, just get a world class guy in. Um, even like we've mentioned, we haven't mentioned, and we we'll move on from the setbacks now. But maybe someone like. Um, um, Titi or Koulibaly, just someone who's got a lot of experience, someone like that could be ideal. Um, but otherwise, uh, I think a lot of the centre back stuff is probably um, going to be resolved on the coaching ground more than in the transfer market, debatably. So, yeah, yeah, um, true. yeah, so the next point of discussion um, is one talked a lot, probably our most talked about rumour on social media, and a lot of people in Jody Morris's replies and stuff asking about this one. Um, it's Jaden Sancho and the winger position. Now, obviously, we've signed Hakim Zayech, who primarily probably would operate as a right winger, but could play in midfield as well. Um, Willian looks like he probably is going to go, possibly even to Liverpool, possibly even to, well, to anywhere, really. He's a free agent. Uh, Pedro's, Pedro, again, early in the season, did say that he's, he's you know on contract expiry, he's going to leave. So that would leave us with just Pudisic, hudson Adenoy, and Zayech as the wingers. Um, Jane Sancho, at the minute, the favourites are Manchester United to sign a bit. It looks like it's a two-horse race between us and them. Uh, but I did see a quote um, yesterday, actually, from Ed Woodward, who's obviously the Man U kind of chairman or whatever you want to call him. He said, 
um, basically in an open kind of statement that was aimed at Man United fans that they should not expect business as usual in the transfer window. And then this is word for word, I cannot help feeling that speculation around transfers of individual players for hundreds of millions of pounds this summer seems to ignore the realities that face the sport. So that might be that might be mind games, it might be a lie. You don't know of Ed Woodward, but he is suggesting there that they aren't they haven't got the money to spend hundreds of millions on a single player because of the current situation. And I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't know Man United's accounts, obviously. But yeah, I mean, Jaden Sancho, guys, I mean, he's been on fire for two years now. What, what do you think, uh, Orlando? Well, I have to be honest. I love the guy. I love Jaden Sancho. He's one of my favourite players at the moment. But if I put myself in his shoes, you know, you're probably the single most sought-after player in the world right now. You could go anywhere. Why would you go to Chelsea? I know. Well, why would you go to a club that aren't even kind of guaranteed to get top four in England? I think if he wants to continue his upward trajectory and he really wants to kind of keep on pushing himself, there are only really two clubs which he should go go for. And those no, are, in my opinion, Liverpool and Real Madrid. Uh, or maybe Barcelona as well. But I think realistically, Chelsea, even to a, to an even higher extent, why would he go to Man U? I know they have a huge pulling power and money talks, but he seems to have a good head on his shoulders. You know, he, he left England at a very young age to go to Germany, and that that move yeah. paid off. So I think he's shown to be very very clever in his choice of his career path. So I really think him coming to Chelsea is quite unrealistic. Um, but then again, I would love it. So uh, yeah. I'm not going to completely count out because I, I would love it. I mean, on the point of why would he sign for Chelsea, it's a good point because we aren't at the minute one of the absolute top clubs in Europe. We can't really deny that. But it does look like Champions League is going to be decided on sporting merit, which is what UEFA have told teams they have to do now for next season. So if that means points per game or current top four or whatever, we are going to have it and Manchester United aren't. So that's a, that's a point yeah. over, over them. And then the teams you mentioned there, Liverpool and Real Madrid, they haven't really been massively linked to him. I don't know if that's because Liverpool, to be honest, they'd probably need to ship out Salah or Mane in order to get Sancho in, not only for the financial, but just for the game time. Uh, Real Madrid obviously have just spent £130 on Hazard. um, That is true. So it does look like a two-horse race between us two, um, being Man United and Chelsea, and we're looking like we're going to be the Champions League team out of two. He, he, He was a Chelsea fan as a kid, and his best mates with our flat squad. So I do think there is an attraction to Chelsea. We look like we're on the, the right trajectory, young squad improving. But yeah, you, you do make a good point that you'd think a player of that calibre and of that potential is still only 20. Would usually that be someone. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Usually be someone who would be a common new Galactico, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've been linked to a few other guys. I mean, Danny, who, who would you maybe like to see come in or? Well, I'd absolutely love Sancho, obviously, and I think if you get a generational talent like him, you have to get him. Uh, Mr. Abramovich needs to get that checkbook out. We've yeah. got such an exciting project, to be fair. Like We've got young players, we guaranteed Champions League. Would you want to be managed by Oli Gunnar The man is a PE <laughs> teacher. He's a PE teacher. Let's be real for a minute. Surely he can see through that. He is a PE teacher. I'm planning worst-case scenario here. And I am. A, I was. It took me a while to take to him, but Jeremy Boger is impressive. Fifteen million pound buyback clause. Um, yep. 
eight goals, a couple of assists, and a very weak, what's it, Satsuolo? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Side? Yeah. Serie A is notoriously defensive, so they're decent numbers. Um, he'd be a good option to have off the bench. I don't think he'd start ahead of uh, Pulisic or Hudson Odoi. But as you said, William and Pedro are leaving. So we do actually need more depth, potentially. I know Mount uh, and Barkley can play on the wings as well. But he's a pure winger. He's going to dribble. He's going to beat a man. He's going to cut in and shoot. Uh, I do like the look of him. Sancho, number one. If that doesn't work out, Berger is a very decent uh, player at a tiny fee. Yeah, I mean, just to come in on Berger, I uh, wrote a piece on Chelsea's bot about Berger, or including Berger, sorry, um, about a week or two ago. And um, on there, I was I knew he was amazing with the ball at his feet. You know, like you say, he's a winger, got that hazard, loves to beat a man. Um, but I actually was surprised to see that in the so in the calendar year of 2019, only Messi completed more take-ons and dribbles than Boga. Oh, wow! So that means Boga ahead of Neymar, Hazard himself, <clears throat> everyone like that. Boga just dribbled. and like you say, he's playing on a team that are usually on the back foot in that league, um, and they are you know it's a totally defensive league. So him doing that and getting numbers like that, it wasn't per 90; it was just in total. So, literally, he just runs past people for fun. He's, we've seen this season, he's mastered that cutting in from the left and smacking one in the top corner on his right foot. Um, you may argue that that might leave us with three wingers who are all better on the left, in Hudson, Adoy, Pulisic and Boga, and then possibly Zayic on the right. So, one of them might have to take a bit of a sacrifice and go out onto this side that they're not as good on. Um, but I think Boga, I mean, 15 million especially in the current climate with the coronavirus stuff, that is an absolute steal. I mean, I'd consider maybe buying him back even if just to sell him on from a business yeah. point of view. Just sell True. him, you get, you get double that anyway, won't you? To just buy him back and then sell him. Like yeah. Napoli are interested, <clears throat> aren't they? Napoli, I saw that, yeah. I mean, like, it's like how Morata uh, were told to us they used to buy back from, from Juventus, which was 30 million or whatever, and then sold him to us for 55. Sure. Yeah. So we could do something like that, but I would like to see Boga and another Academy lad as well. Um, I know a few of the guys, I think Billy Clifford actually said that uh, Boga and Kakuta were the two best players he's ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I was about to say that. Every every former Chelsea Academy player who I've seen an interview with, they always say Jeremy Boga, Jeremy Boga. He was the guy who's the best player they've ever played with. And I think even though, you know, everyone's path is different, you know, he some might turn out not as well as others, but... He's obviously got that talent, and I think who better to work with him and develop that than Frank Lampard, Jody Morris, Joe Edwards? You know, I think I think he he knows everyone here. I think it, he'd be a perfect fit, and even if it is a as a fourth choice winger, I think he he would he wouldn't say no, um, because he, well, I hope he loves Chelsea anyway. I think he'd probably be happy to to fight for his spot in this world. He probably has some self confidence himself to not stay as the fourth choice winger. To be honest, especially with Hudson Odoi and that lot still developing, there's no reason why Boga couldn't couldn't get more game time. Um, so, I mean, further on from Boga, one of the basically the main link we're getting at the minute is probably actually Philippe Coutinho. So, both operates as a sort of a left winger or an attacking midfielder. Um, I mean. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, Barcelona, he's on loan at Bayern. Bayern have refused, well, basically refusing to buy him permanently. Um, so, it looks like he's going to return to Barcelona, but they're desperate to offload him, along with the likes of Griezmann. Uh, would you guys take him at Chelsea? Do you want him at Chelsea? Is it viable? Um, well, I think, to be fair, his, his numbers are decent at, uh, at Bayern Munich. 
Uh, he's done quite well there. I know he's in double figures for goals and he's certainly uh, an excellent assister as well. But for me, uh, once you're a Barcelona flop, that tag carries around with you. Like We've seen so many players go to Barcelona and just have their com- uh, confidence crushed. And for me, Coutinho doesn't get in ahead of Ziyech at the moment. Uh, is he really going to play on the left? Uh, he prefers to play behind the striker, more like central attacking midfielder. But we often play 4-3-3, so he'd have to play on the left wing. And I'd rather have a natural winger than him. Um, I think the loan fee, if we get him on loan, will be extortionate. Um, And I think there are better options. He's a marquee signing, but do we need him? I'd argue not. Yeah, he does look like a man bereft of confidence, really, since uh, his... I mean, he's £140 to Barcelona didn't work out so you've got a feel for him in the sense that there's a lot of pressure on him but he does seem like he's uh, his head's gone really he's not quite looked right for about two years now including his spell of Bayern uh, sort of similar with James Rodriguez that situation with Real Madrid yeah. Bayern. it seems like he might have um, you know just something's not quite right there but you know it'd be interesting he's Premier League proven so it'll be interesting to see that one um, but yeah I say he likes to operate behind a striker primarily Coutinho uh, which brings us on really I mean Giroud has just you know, basically, it's not, not confirmed by the club, but it looks like he signed a contract extension. Uh, There's a clause in his contract that the Chelsea have triggered. That's according to Matt Law, who's obviously a reputable Chelsea journalist. So it looks like he's going to be sticking around as a backup forward. Uh, and obviously, Tammy Abraham will, does like Michi, uh, that's why he will be moved on, though. Um, so, in terms of the striker position, there's a few names that we're sort of linked with or semi linked with. Um, big one being Aubameyang. People really want Lautaro Martinez, but there's not actually any real concrete links with him for Chelsea at the minute. Um, but I mean, Orlando, in terms of the striker position, what what do you think? Well, I feel very strongly on this one. I can't understand why we what seem to want such a high caliber striker so badly when we have Tammy Abraham, one of the best young strikers in world football at the moment. He's only, what is it, 22 or maybe just just turned 23? Yeah. He just yeah. turned 22, I think. He just turned Same 22. That's right, yeah, he just turned 22. He, How many goals does he have? 15 goals this season, you know, in his first really proper season in the Premier League, first season in the Champions League for sure. Um, and I just don't understand why Why do we need to sign Moussa Dembele? Why do we need to sign Lautaro Martinez? It doesn't make any sense. We have gaping holes in in left back and goalkeeper that's where the money should be spent I don't understand why we need to sign a Marquis shining as a striker um, you know we struggled in that number nine position for quite a few years since Diego Costa left we finally got that that um, that number nine back you know everybody's been remarking on that this season Tammy Abraham is the Chelsea number nine what number nine curse you know he, he's broken it yeah um, and I, I don't understand why we need another one. Fans want, seem to want to be bringing in, for example, Moussa Dembele. They seem to think that he would come to play second string to Tammy Abraham. And that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I've, I'd like to mention the example of in the 16-17 season when we, when we won the league under Antonio Conte. We had Loic Remy as a backup striker and he was fantastic. He was yeah, really, really banging the in the goals as a backup striker for, mm-hmm. 
Diego Costa. And also, if you look at the example, the top, the top clubs, Liverpool and Man City, top clubs in our league, Gabriel Jesus and Divock Origi are their backup strikers. They were both bought on the cheap. Nobody really knew who, were they, were, who they were much when, when they were signed. Um, and now they're both fantastic players, but they've been developed over the years. And that's why I think if we were to sign a striker, someone young and on the cheap, like Luca Waldschmidt, who we've been linked with recently, um, and I wrote a, a player report article on for the Chelsea spot. I think he would be a fantastic signing. Apparently, uh, according to Freiburg, his he's only valued at 20 million. I think that is an absolute bargain, and you know it's very low risk. So if he doesn't turn out to be that guy who we can re- rely on as a backup striker for years to come, then so be it. It's only 20 million lost. So I I think that would be a very good signing for us. Yeah, I think Schmidt would be a great option. So I read the. Um... The scout report that he did and he seems like a really good player and 20 million is not much he's only 23 german guy uh got good he's had a few injury problems i think this year but he seems really good and he would be a perfect second um striker behind tammy abram I, I agree i don't really see the problem with tammy abram being our first choice striker i don't think to be honest musa dembele would have scored any more goals than tammy abram this season um the guy's got 13 league goals in his first season and i think two or three in the champions league like you said um, so I don't think we need someone to take over that reign. I think he scores enough goals. He's been a bit inconsistent after Christmas, but he had his injury problems. I think, yeah, the only one I'd necessarily push for would be Aubameyang, uh, mainly just to take him away from Arsenal. Just, you know, continue their sort of banter era of giving strikers to rivals. Uh, um, and, yeah, maybe a two-year deal he can be, probably would probably would be first choice of starting most games next season, but it would only be mentoring Tammy can learn off that. And then the season after, you go back to Tammy being first choice. So I think... That's probably the option I'd I'd go for. Um, I mean, we've been linked with Milik from Napoli as well, um, and not linked, but unrealistically, probably Timo Werner. Uh, just lastly on the strikers, Danny. I don't know if you've got any further thoughts on what we've just said. Or um, yeah, so <clears throat> I absolutely love Tommy. Um I'm a huge Drogba fan, and he reminds me a lot of Didier when he did that celebration. Uh, was it after scoring against Arsenal last he won minute, Arsenal, Yeah. That's brilliant. But if I was playing devil's advocate, he did score, what was it, seven of his league goals by September the 9th or something. He got the double against Norwich, then Sheffield United and the hat-trick against Wolves. And that was after a great that, Yeah, it was amazing. That third goal as well. Yeah. But um, after that, he's only scored six in, must have been about getting on for 20 league games. He has had uh, injury problems. He has had injury problems, but... Not, I don't think we should replace him. I'm just throwing it out there, but imagine going back to like um, a two-strike system, not like a completely two, like it used to be Drogba and Gajonson or Drogba and uh, Anelka. Instead, have like someone playing off his shoulder like Lataro Martinez. I don't know if it's possible. He does that so well with Lukaku at Inter Milan. Yeah. He plays just behind him. Uh, Timo Werner... I, obviously, incredibly unlikely. He would do that really well. Tommy holds it up so well, and he brings other people into the game. That would be kind of a dream. Um, Dries Mertens, he's oh, been yeah. linked with us. He's he's getting on. He's 32, but um, <clears throat> he scored six Champions League goals in six games. He scored that one against Barcelona in the last 16. Yeah. He would be an unreal option off the bench. Mm, um, and we could get him on a free as well. 
And even there's a plan B if I lose in a game, he could sit off Tammy. He, we could play two strikers. He is pacey. He's a finisher. I think that would work really well. He could uh, play on the wing as well. Yeah, for sure. So he's versatile as well. He would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, big Tammy fan. He is our future. Um, hopefully he signs that contract soon. Uh, that's That would be nice. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty unanimous amongst most Chelsea fans that Tammy Abraham has to be our future. Um because he's that good and he's proper Chelsea, obviously. So we all love Tammy Abraham. Orlando's wearing a Tammy Abraham shirt right now, um, which yeah. listeners won't be able to see, but we all love Tammy Abraham. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the striker position's a debatable one, uh, but I think we agree that probably a backup or someone that can play off Tammy would probably be the best option. Um, so just finally, in the transfer rumours, guys, um, a few guys that we haven't mentioned that's dotted around a few different positions. Um, there's been lots of talk and, and debate, really, online um, about Declan Rice. So, um, Danny just shook his head there, listeners, um, whereas I know that Orlando and myself are fans of Declan Rice. Um, obviously, from the Chelsea Academy, best mates with Mason Mount, um, so there is links there, and he has been flirting with Chelsea a lot uh, during lockdown on social media. <laughs> He's basically been begging Lampard to sign him, <laughs> um, but it probably would be about 50 million quid. So, whether or not it's, it's worth it, especially, you know, we've got Ampadu maybe even play that position. Obviously, uh, Jorginho, people play him there as well. Um, Kovacic can sit deep, maybe even Kante. But, uh, I mean, just quickly, guys, Declan Rice, what, what do you think? For me, it's a, it's a big no. Um, I just wrote a season review uh, on the Chelsea Sport website and I was looking at the depth we have in midfield. People are debating whether or not to get rid of N'Golo Kante and he's a World Cup winning midfielder. Yeah, Declan Rice... Declan Rice is, doesn't hold a candle to Kante. <laughs> no, I he's, agree. He is essentially he's the same thing. He's, he's a destroyer. He's not a creator. Um, and I think he would stick out like a sore thumb. I think Ampadu has more, more talent, more potential. And we've already got, don't forget, I know not everyone loves Jorginho, but he's a vital component with his leadership. We've got Kovacic in there, brilliant ball carrier. We got even. I'd rather see Barkley in midfield than Declan Rice. Like, actually, kills me every time. He's a really nice guy, and I like that he he came through the academy. Uh, and it's good for him that he picked himself up after being rejected at fourteen. But for me, I would hate to see us spend sixty, seventy million on him. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure a nice guy. I'm just not a fan. Not I mean, fan. we can obviously there, there's a big debate around that that sort of midfield spot of the, you know, the Jorginho stuff we'll do that on a different podcast because we haven't yeah. time to go into Jorginho today on, um, but I mean come on Declan Rice is English and he's 21 so uh, uh, got Frank's army surely we won't go into this but I'd just like to say you said Declan Rice couldn't hold a candle to Angola Kante I completely agree I think Angola Kante is probably our only real world class player mm-hmm. however he does most definitely hold a candle to Jorginho. That's my opinion. Not going to yeah. go into it now. Yeah. I agree <laughs> but, with Orlando yeah. on that one, but we won't go in on this podcast. But look out, guys, for a podcast that goes more into that spot. And there'll probably be a few debates in the future around whether Jorginho is needed at the club or not. I know it's an old debate, um, but it's still it's still once kicking on. His agent has been talking a lot recently as well. So we'll do that on a future episode. But yeah, I mean, Declan Rice is one that splits families. I think most probably don't want him, but me and Orlando are, are fans as much as Danny Danny hates him. No, not hate, um, not hate. <laughs> um, Dislike so, strongly. 
just like struggling <laughs> fair enough um, anyway well that's the end of part one uh, pretty long part one obviously we're discussing all the transfer rumours there um, so just to wrap up the podcast we're going to do a little round two uh, sorry part two uh, where we're going to do a quick fire round I'm going to bang a few questions at the guys not necessarily related to transfers and they're going to give quick answers uh, just to wrap up the pod <laughs> Alright guys, welcome to part two of the first episode of the Chelsea Spot podcast. Uh, so we're going to do some quick five questions. Uh, I've got nine questions lined up for the guys here. They have not seen them before, so I'm going to ping them at them and they're going to give a quick answer. They've got about 10-15 seconds just to quickly give an answer, a quick explanation and then we'll move on to the next one. Just to keep this smooth, I'll let Orlando answer first and then as soon as he finishes, Danny, you give your answer and then I'll move on to the next question and I won't give my opinion as host. I don't get an opinion. So, um, question one. Uh, so I say we'll start with Orlando. You can only keep one at the club: Hudson Odoi or Reese James. Oh, Hudson Odoi. I didn't even have to think about that one. I know it sounds crazy. He's the best talent I've ever seen at academy level. I think, and I'm I'm a big academy aficionado. So, um, yeah, I just think he can go on to be one of the best players in the world, like top five in the world. I think he's got an an amazing, amazingly high ceiling. So yeah, Hudson Odoi. Danny? Love Hudson Odoi, but it's got to be Reese James. Ooh. He's so versatile as well. He's an absolute beast of a man. Uh, it, some of those crosses are De Bruyne esque. He is brilliant, and I can see him being a quality midfielder or uh, right back for years to come. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't make a choice out of those two, uh, so I won't. Uh, question That's a two. difficult one. It is. Sorry. Question two. Um, so, we can only, so you've got to sign one, and you can only sign one. Kaladu Koulibaly or Skriniar? Ooh, Skriniar, I'd say. Um, I haven't watched much of either of them, um, and I am a little bit um, wary when it comes to defenders in Serie A because I don't personally think it's the highest level of league. But um, just from what I've heard, Skriniar apparently is an extremely good ball player um, and aggressive as well, so I'd go for him. Danny? Yeah, I like to oppose Orlando's views usually, keep it interesting, but I've got to go Skriniar. <laughs> he's, uh, he's got Conte currently coaching him, so ready-made to get in that Chelsea team. He's good on the ball, and I believe he's younger than Koulibaly, who's getting on for about 29. About five years younger. It's about five yeah. years younger, yeah. Uh, I'd have gone for Koulibaly there, guys, just so that you were. Um, <laughs> you can, right, this is, a, this is a good one. You, you have to cuddle one. <laughs> David Luiz or Thibaut Courtois? Oh, Orlando. I'd just say David Luiz because he seems like a nice guy. I know he's, his actions have been a bit snaky, but to be fair to him, he's always smiling and dancing and everything. Yeah, he's so, a yeah, I go for him. That funny. moment at the bridge when he got sent off, though, was oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Well, I don't think you can hug a snake or you get strangled, so I'm, <laughs> I'm avoiding Courtois. He is the biggest snake in history, and just saying his name makes me ill. Got to hug Louise, whatever he's done. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, OK, next one. Um, so this is, you can answer this generally if you're not all just with Chelsea kits. Uh, Nike or Adidas? Uh, Chelsea kits, Adidas, but aside from that, Nike. Danny? Um, I'm going. Well, it's so hard because I quite like the this year's third kit, but I think I'll go Nike as well overall. Uh, but I do like the Samsung Adidas era Chelsea kits. 
yeah, I really like the Conte, uh, what the one we won the league with the Adidas one with the stripes down the side and then the line. Yeah. Yeah. That one was really nice. Trevor uh, Chalibur pushing Aguero gives me memories. <laughs> no, Chalibur, I mean Nathaniel yeah, Chalibur, sorry. Yeah, that was for that kit and where Hazard scored in that 3-1 win to win eight in a row. I love that kit. Uh, mm. Diego Costa looked great in that kit as well. Um, so here's a, another one for you. So Chelsea, it's a hypothetical situation. Chelsea sack Frank Lampard but win the Champions League next season with whoever they hire or they keep Frank Lampard and win the Champions League in seven years' time. Oh, I keep Frank Lampard. Nah, I can't. I can't sack him. I can't do that to the guy. <laughs> oh, you never know. We could win uh, the Premier League FA Cup and League yeah, Cup next say. season. So <laughs> yeah, it's only the Champions League we've in yeah. seven years. And to be fair, it's been eight since we went last time. Anyway, Danny. Yeah, I think we waited eight years. I can wait another seven. I love <laughs> Super Frank. He is a yeah. beautiful man. Got to keep him. I completely, completely agree. And win a load of Premier Leagues in that seven years and that anyway. Yeah. Fair, in seven, seven years, all our youth players will be 25, 26 and come into their prime. Oh, that would be amazing. This is a good one. So let's pretend Chelsea have sacked Frank Lampard after a bad start next season or something. Who would you rather Chelsea hire as manager? Ooh. So rehire Maurizio Sarri so or hire Unai Emery? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Interesting choice there. Unai Emery. Sarri back or Emery. Unai Emery. Anyone apart from Sarri. I know that's a controversial opinion. But the Unai Emery 4-1 in the final, Orlando. I think, I think Unai Emery, or at least I hope Unai Emery would come and clap the fans after a game. So for that reason, I'm going for him. OK, Danny? You know what? Sarri ball bored me to tears last season at times. It was like sticking needles in your own legs. But... I've got to say, if we got Unai Emery, I couldn't take the banter, the good evening. I just, <laughs> we would be banter FC. I've got to go sorry, I'm afraid. That's a good question. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. I mean, I literally cannot choose that. I'd rather just liquidate. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, okay, which transfer window would you prefer us to have? So, transfer window one, we signed Gabriel as the centre back, Coutinho and Tellez. Or, transfer window two, we sign Ben Chilwell, Sancho and Aubameyang. Oh, definitely two. Two hands down, yeah. Yeah. No centre-back there, though? Just Well, I think we'll, we'd be all right without a centre-back. Just loads of work on the coaching pitch over the summer, please. Yeah, do you agree, Danny? I do agree. Even if option two was just Sancho, I'd take it, to be honest. I think, well, what a man, what a talent. And uh, future Ballon d'Or winner there. Yeah, I think if we get Sancho, no matter who else we get, it's a successful window, especially with Zayic as well. Uh, and then the likes of Loftus-Cheek coming back, you'll feel like a new signing. So, yeah. yeah. Sure. So two more questions. This one is a good one. Um, who'd you, basically, who do you prefer? Who would you rather have in the team? However you want to interpret it. Joe Cole or Iron Robin? Joe Cole, my favourite player ever. Easy. Danny? I've got to go Joe Cole. Those goals against United... Like the flick. When and, he skinned and, Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Great was it 04 05 where he outside of the box, top right corner, or was it 05 06? I think it was 2005 6. And then it followed it up with that goal for England against Sweden at the World oh, Cup. Yeah, that goal. Oh. Well, I was around a friend's house when that goal went in, and his his mum was grabbing me. It was unbelievable. What? I had that. Do you remember the, the red England kit with two white stripes yeah. on his shoulder? I had that with Jay Cole with the goal from the back. What a player. I, I, I was going to say Joe Cole. I'm Robin, obviously, absolutely amazing. But I think his prime wasn't at Chelsea. 
Whereas Joe mm. Cole was what, he's so a bit he of a cult people. hero, isn't he? Uh, in fact, both of them are. Both yeah. of them are. I'd say Joe Cole was probably pretty much a legend, whereas Iron Robinson yeah. was a cult hero. But um, mm. I think Iron Robinson's prime wasn't really at Chelsea, whereas Joe Cole's was. So I, I would go Cole yeah. in that one as well. He's one of my favourites, uh, along with Ashley Cole as well. All the Coles. Mm. And so Carl just the final one Cole and Cole. Chelsea as well. Is he Cole? He's in the academy? Yeah, yeah Steve Sidwell as well. The dynamic duo. Yeah. So the last one, I think this one's probably going to be. Unanimous, just the last one, a nice easy one. Kepa, keep or sell? Sell. Sell, no questions. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah, I mean, I agree. Although, at the same time, we probably won't get anywhere near the money, so... Yeah, yeah good point. If, if I don't care about the, the bank, then I'm going to go sell on Kepa and sign someone like Onana as well. Not my money. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, so what we can deduce from that is Danny loves Maurizio Sarri. No! Uh, <laughs> And Orlando wants to cuddle David Luiz. So, yeah, anyway, guys, thanks for listening to the first episode of the Chelsea podcast, um, the Chelsea Spot podcast, sorry, I should say. Um, don't forget, you can find us all on our social media platforms. Um, all the links will be in the descriptions, um, Twitter, our website, uh, and this podcast will be available on Spotify, Deezer, Apple, Google, and everywhere else. Um, so thanks, Orlando, and thank you, Danny. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem, guys. So yeah, follow these guys' uh, links to Twitter and everything will be in the description as well. And don't forget to follow the Chelsea spot as well. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.